I'm going to invite you to go in your Bibles with me as we continue our study on the Holy Spirit and the uh, Spirit of Man, this relationship that takes place uh, between our human spirit and the Spirit of God. And today we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. Esta noche vamos a seguir hablando sobre el Espíritu. Hemos estado hablando sobre el, el uh, mover del Espíritu de Dios entre la iglesia. We're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Uh, vamos a ir al libro de los Hechos, el capítulo 2. Hemos estado hablando sobre la obra del Espíritu Santo entre el hombre, entre el Espíritu humano. Uh, you are a spirit, you have a body, or you have a soul, and you live in a body. Usted y yo somos espíritu, tenemos alma, y vivimos en un cuerpo. And that spirit part of you is the part of you that has a relationship with God. Esa parte de usted que tiene relación con Dios es el espíritu de Dios. Es esa parte de usted a la cual fue vivificada por el Espíritu en el nacimiento nuevo. It's that part of you that was born again uh, to a, a new life in Christ, was that spiritual part of you. But tonight I want us to address the work of the Spirit in the church as a body. Vamos a hablar esta noche sobre la obra del Espíritu Santo en la iglesia como cuerpo. And we see here in Acts chapter 2 the birth of the church. Vemos aquí en el libro de los hechos, el nacimiento de la iglesia. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with another tongue as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. We ask you to direct the words I speak tonight that they might be uh, bearing fruit in our life. And that the Word of God would come to magnify Christ among us tonight. Anoint my lips of clay to preach. And anoint the hearing of this congregation to receive the word taught. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you tonight some of the works of the Holy Spirit in the church, in the body of Christ as a whole. And we're going to begin, uh, first of all, by uh, reminding uh, you of what it is that occurred on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, an institution... Uh, was born that was not created by man. El día del Pentecostés nació una institución que no fue creada por el hombre. This institution is the body of Christ, the church. Esta institución es el cuerpo de Cristo, la iglesia. And the church of Jesus Christ is God's strategy for the saving of the world in this dispensation. Es a través de la iglesia, en esta dispensación, que Dios está obrando. <coughs> y que Dios está 
perdón, llevando a cabo su propósito en nuestros tiempos. I shared with you last week about the gifts of the Spirit. Les compartí la semana pasada sobre los dones del Espíritu Santo. These gifts operate in us as a body. Esos dones operan en nosotros como un cuerpo. Y estos dones diversos operando en uno a través de todos se manifiesta uh, el ministerio de la iglesia. So as these ministry gifts are operating diversely, different gifts in different people, all of us together operating in our gift, bring about the manifestation of God's ministry to the world through the church. So you as the individual believer are no less important than the whole body of Christ because each of us has a contribution to make. Usted como creyente no es menos importante que la totalidad del cuerpo del Señor Jesucristo porque usted tiene una participación. You are a piece of the puzzle. Usted es parte de el cuadro que Dios está formando. And without you and without your gift and without your ministry, then the body of Christ suffers. Si usted no hace su parte, no pone su parte, falta algo en el cuerpo. And uh, it, this is an important thing because uh, much of the church today has become very relaxed about just watching other people do the ministry. Estos días la iglesia se enfoca mucho en dejar a, a otros hacer el ministerio y no hacer su parte. You have a part to play. You have a gift to minister through. Usted tiene una parte que tocar, que tomar, y también una, un don cual usar. So everybody say, I have a role to play. And when you and I get to heaven and we stand before God in judgment to receive our rewards, we will receive our reward based upon whether or not we did the thing that God gave us to do, whether or not we fulfilled our ministry. Cuando usted y yo lleguemos al cielo para recibir nuestro galardón, aquel juicio será determinado por uh, si usted y yo hicimos las cosas que Dios nos, hizo, nos dio para hacer. Now tonight I want you to see how the Holy Spirit works in the church uh, so that we can have a picture of what the church looks like when it's led and empowered by the Spirit of God. Esta noche vamos a ver la obra del Espíritu Santo en la iglesia para que podamos ver cómo Dios opera a través de su iglesia y, uh, y, y, la, y tener una imagen o un, un cuadro bueno y correcto de lo que es la iglesia. We need a proper view of what the church is, and this tonight will be a study aimed at doing that. So the church was born on the day of Pentecost. La iglesia nació el día del Pentecostés. Pentecost is a feast that takes place 50 days after the Passover. El Pentecostés es una fiesta que es celebrada 50 días después de la Pascua. And it celebrated the day when Moses received the law of God and the nation of Israel entered into covenant with God. Representa aquel día cuando Dios le dio la ley a Moisés y la nación de Israel recibió la ley. You remember that day when Moses came down with the tablets of stone 
in his hand. This was 50 days after the Passover in Egypt. 50 días después de la Pascua en Egipto. Moisés baja del Sinaí con las tablas de los diez mandamientos en su mano. And what does he see? ¿Qué ve Moisés? He sees the people worshiping a golden calf. El ve al pueblo adorando a un becerro de oro. The outcome of this, el resultado de esto, fue que la nación de Israel cayó en juicio. The outcome was that the nation of Israel came under judgment. Moses came into that multitude and he asked a question. He said, who is on the Lord's side? Moisés hizo una pregunta y dijo, ¿Quién está del lado de Jehová? Cuando él hace esta pregunta, los levitas dicen, nosotros estamos del lado de Jehová. When he asked that question, the Levites said, we are on God's side. Now the Levites were just as much a part of the problem as everybody else. Los levitas habían sido parte del problema como todos los demás. Pero ese momento ellos decidieron arreglar cuentas y ponerse del lado de Dios. That moment they decided to uh, get right with God and get on the Lord's side. Listen, you can be a rank sinner, but if you'll repent, God will receive you. Say amen, somebody. Usted puede ser pecador peor que haya, pero el día que usted se arrepiente, ese día Dios lo perdona. Say amen if you believe that. Come on, that's the gospel. Ese es el evangelio. And so, that is the day of Pentecost. Ese es el día del Pentecostés. Well, thousands of years later, after the Passover in which Christ died, there was another day of Pentecost. And on this day of Pentecost, God gave something again to the earth, to the world. Ahora, miles de años después, Jesús muere en la Pascua. 50, años, 50 días después, llega la fiesta de Pentecostés. Y ahora Dios de nuevo da algo al mundo, da algo a su pueblo. Except this time, he doesn't give the tablets of stone with the Ten Commandments. Except this time, he sent them, he sent the church, the Holy Spirit. En este día del Pentecostés, ya no les dio las tablas de los diez mandamientos sino que él envió al Espíritu Santo and the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit came upon the church cuando el Espíritu vino sobre la iglesia they began to speak in other tongues ellos comenzaron a hablar en otras lenguas as the Spirit of God gave them utterance así como el Espíritu de Dios les daba palabra que hablasen and tongues of fire were seen upon their heads. Se vieron lenguas de fuego sobre sus cabezas. In addition to which, the Bible says Peter stood up and began to preach. Pedro comenzó a predicar. Y ese día fueron salvas tres mil almas. That day, three thousand souls were saved. Do you see the parallel? ¿Cuántos ven el paralelo? On the first Pentecost... 3,000 souls were lost. But when the Spirit came, 3,000 souls were saved. Why? The Bible says that the letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. Dice la Escritura que la letra mata, pero el Espíritu da vida. Come on, somebody. You and I are part of the church that has been empowered by the Spirit 
of God. And the Spirit gives life. El Espíritu da vida. And that day, 3,000 people were saved. The following week, 5,000 people were saved. And within just a matter of days, this, this church was alive and thriving by the power of the Spirit which they had received on the day of Pentecost. And that is the, the ministry of the church continuing to this day. Ese es el ministerio de la iglesia continuando hasta el día de hoy. So let's look at these. Number one. The Holy Spirit leads the administration of a spirit-filled church. Número uno, el Espíritu Santo guía la administración de una iglesia guiada por el Espíritu. Now, let me just be clear. Not every church is a spirit-led church. No es necesario ser claro. No todas las iglesias son guiadas por el Espíritu. Do you understand that? ¿Cuántos entienden eso? Some churches are led by tradition. Algunas iglesias se guían por la tradición. Some are led by religion. Otras son guiadas por religión. Some are led by money. Algunas son guiadas por el dinero. Los que tienen más dinero mandan más. The people with more money have more to say. Some churches are led by a controlling influence. Otras son guiadas por el control o la influencia de algunas personas en la iglesia. And any church that is led by anything other than the Word of God and the Spirit of God can, uh, can uh, be said or will be seen to die off someday. Cualquier iglesia que sea guiada por algo a menos que la palabra de Dios y el Espíritu de Dios, esa iglesia, esa iglesia va a llegar al fracaso. I don't know about you, but I want to live and be a part of a spirit-led church. Yo quiero ser parte de una iglesia guiada por el Espíritu. Say amen if you believe that. And I want to be a spirit-led pastor. Yo quiero ser un, un líder, pastor guiado por el Espíritu de Dios. And I want you to be spirit-led members of the church. Yo quiero que ustedes sean miembros de la iglesia guiados por el Espíritu de Dios. I want you to look at Acts chapter 8 with me. Vamos a ir al libro de los hechos, el capítulo 8. We see here a deacon of the church. Aquí vemos un diácono en la iglesia. Llamado Felipe. His name is Philip. And we start reading in verse 4. Comenzamos leyendo el verso 4. Therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And Philip went down to Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip. And as they heard and saw signs which he was performing in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Philip, this deacon, is preaching the gospel, and there's revival in Samaria. Now there was a man named Simon, who formerly was practicing magic in the city, and astonishing the people. 
And the Bible says in verse 10, And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is called with great power of God. So they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed, Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized and the women alike. Even Simon himself believed and was baptized and he continued on with Philip and he observed signs and great miracles taking place and were continually amazed. We're seeing the work of the Holy Spirit through this man of God. Now if you go to verse 25, it says, So when they had solemnly testified and spoken to the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the the gospel to many villages in Samaria. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south on the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Now you see here that Philip is receiving instructions from the Lord. So he got up and went there. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasures. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was turning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. Who's leading Philip's life? Who's leading Philip's life? You see that he has a great crowd and people are following him. But he's not being led by the crowd. Who's leading Philip's life? Say it out loud. The Spirit. And what did the Spirit tell him to do? The the Spirit said, go and join the chariot. Here you have a chariot rolling down the road being pulled by horses. Philip's going to have to run and catch up with that chariot. So he does that. And now we see that he will become a witness to this Ethiopian eunuch. And as a result, not only will the eunuch be saved, but many churches in Ethiopia would be planted as a result of this ministry of a man who was led by the Spirit of God. Do you want to be a Spirit-led church? ¿Cuántos quieren ser una iglesia guiada por el Espíritu? Chapter 10, verse 19. Capítulo 10, verso 19. Same book of Acts. Mismo libro de los hechos. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. But get up and go downstairs and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Now Peter has just had a vision and this leader of the church in the vision, he saw a great blanket or sheet come out of heaven and in it were all sorts of animals. And he heard a voice saying to him, kill and eat. And Peter said, by no means I will not eat any unclean thing. Jewish uh, as he was, he would not violate his Jewish traditions. And the Lord said to him, do not call what I call a clean, unclean. And just then, when, when Peter is thinking about this vision, he has a word from the Spirit of God and says, Behold, three men are at your door. Before the doorbell even rang, Peter received a message saying, There are three men at your door. He says, Go with them 
and don't ask any questions. Well, he answers the door, and here you have, standing at the door, three Gentile men. And they asked Philip to come, pardon, they asked Peter to come with them. And now he comes, and he's going to go to the house of Cornelius. Verse 21, Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one who you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, and a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house, and to hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. The next day he got up and went away with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he called together his relatives and his close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up, I too am just a man. And he was talking with him, and he entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with foreigners or to visit him. Yet God has shown me that I should not call anyone unholy or unclean. Now I want you to notice something real quick. Peter is not allowed to go into a Gentile house. He's not allowed to enter or eat Gentile food. But who is leading Peter? Who is leading Peter? You see, if you allow tradition and religion to lead you, you'll miss God every time. Si usted deja que la tradición y la religión lo guíe, usted va a perder el camino de Dios. Pedro no se le permite por tradición entrar a una casa judía. Pero ahora él es, perdón, una casa gentil. Pero él entró, ¿por qué? Porque el Espíritu de Dios lo está guiando. Come on. We need a spirit-led administration of the church. La iglesia necesita ser guiada por el Espíritu de Dios. And so Peter begins to preach to them. Pedro comienza a predicarles a ellos y son salvos Cornelio y toda su casa. Cornelius is saved as well as all of his house. These are the first Gentile converts. Los primeros convertidos entre el mundo gentil. ¿Por qué? Porque la iglesia se está guiando por el Espíritu de Dios. Why? Because the church is being guided by the Spirit of God. Here's what I firmly believe. I believe that God wants a church that is multicultural. Yo creo que Dios quiere una iglesia que es multicultural. He does not want his church segregated by race or by economics. Dios no quiere su iglesia separada por raza o por economía. Why? Because he is the same Lord and he is Lord of all. Porque él es el mismo Señor y Señor de todos. Amen, somebody. You see, but if you let tradition guide you, you'll miss it. Verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed 
because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Aren't you glad God has included the Gentiles in the church? Now what are we looking at here? We're looking at examples of church leaders being led by the Spirit of God. Being led by the anointing of God. Go to Acts chapter 13 now. Hechos capítulo 13. And verse 2 and verse 4. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Who said? Here you have the elders of the church at Antioch. They're praying. They're fasting. They don't know what they're praying and fasting about necessarily. They just know there's a burden on them to fast and pray. So they begin fasting and prayer. And then the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And verse 4 says, So being sent out by who? Sent out by who? Sent out by the Holy Spirit and uh, laid hands on them and sent them away. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia and from there to Cyprus. And then we see the beginning of Paul's missionary ministry. Why? Because the Spirit of God was directing the church. You know, over time, the church has gotten bogged down. Uh, a través del tiempo, la iglesia se ha atado. The, the gears of the church have gotten uh, rusted and, and stiff. Se han endurecido los, uh, las uh, partes uh, activas y dinámicas de la iglesia. Why? Because many churches, if the Spirit of God wants to do something, they have to first have a committee decide if it's okay. There are some churches where you have to ask for permission to say praise the Lord. There are places that are governed by men and not by God. But Kingsway, we can't control what other churches do. But you and I can control what we do. And we have made up our minds, haven't we? We're going to be a spirit-led church. Come on, somebody. We're going to be a spirit-led church. Hemos decidido ser una iglesia guiada por el Espíritu de Dios. When we're led by the Spirit of God, we will see the fruit of God, God's administration. Cuando somos guiados por el Espíritu de Dios, veremos el fruto de la administración espiritual. You know, we use a term, it's called spiritual leader. Hay un, te un término que se usa, que se llama el líder espiritual. And generally that term is given to anybody that governs in a religious setting. Usualmente ese término se usa para cualquier persona que gobierna en, una, en un lugar religioso. But the fact is that you're not a spiritual leader. Unless you're led by the Spirit. El, el, el hecho es este, que usted y yo no somos líder espiritual hasta que seamos guiados por el Espíritu de Dios. Now you say, Pastor Isaac, I'm glad I don't have to worry about that because I don't have uh, any authority uh, to run a church. I don't have to worry about that. Well, guess what? You have to lead your own life. 
Say amen, somebody. You have to lead your own life. And guess what? You need to lead your life the way that God leads His church, by the Spirit of God. Usted tiene que guiar su vida así también como Dios guía a su iglesia a través de la dirección del Espíritu Santo. Go to Romans chapter 15, verse 18. Vaya a Romanos capítulo 15 y el verso 18. Before I move on, antes de seguir a lo siguiente, what does the Bible say here? It says, for we do not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and around about, as far as Icurium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Listen to Paul's testimony. He says, I don't tell you anything except that which I have heard from the Lord and that which has been delivered to me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray this together right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, lead us. Are you willing to be a, a Spirit-led church? That's the only way to have fruit, to be a Spirit-led church. Number two, the, the Holy Spirit works through the church through its preaching ministry. Número dos, la iglesia, el Espíritu Santo obra en la iglesia a través de el, el ministerio de la predicación. I want you to understand something. God chose how he was going to save the world. Uh, Dios escogió cómo, él es, cómo es que él va a rescatar al mundo, a salvar al mundo. And he chose, the Bible says, the foolishness of preaching. Él escogió lo que la Biblia llama la locura de la predicación. Now the Bible calls it the foolishness of preaching because from the natural standpoint, es locura porque de la perspectiva natural, there's no way that someone standing up talking to you can have a life transformative effect. No hay forma en el, el sentido natural que una persona parada hablando pueda tener una, un efecto transformativo en tu vida. However, the preaching of the gospel is not like someone standing on a stage and quoting Shakespeare. Say amen, somebody. La predicación del evangelio no es como alguien parado en una tarima uh, citando a Shakespeare. It's not like a president standing and giving a state of the union or giving some national address. Tampoco no es como un, un presidente dar un discurso. The preaching of the gospel is a word empowered by the anointing of the Spirit of God. La predicación de la palabra es una palabra empoderada por el Espíritu de Dios. And you see, when the word of God is preached by, the, uh, by a man of God or woman of God, anointed by the Spirit of God, something happens in the life of the hearer. Cuando la palabra de Dios es predicada por uno ungido por el Espíritu de Dios, algo pasa en la vida del oyente. 
Come on, do you know the power of preaching? ¿Cuántos conocen el poder de la predicación? The preaching power of the church is one of the ministries of the church. Este es uno de los ministerios de la iglesia. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. The apostle Peter writes, and he says, it, it, it was received, or it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves. But you, that's those who wrote down the words of the scripture. In these things which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you, how? How? By the power uh, or by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Paul says you became a believer because somebody preached to you. In the power or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pedro dice, ustedes fueron salvos porque alguien les predicó. Y les predicó a través de la unción del Espíritu Santo. Listen, we need anointed preaching in our day. Necesitamos predicación ungida en nuestro tiempo. Say amen, somebody. I heard once about a preacher who was not even saved. Escuché un día de un predicador que no era ni salvo. He actually got saved listening to himself preach. Fue salvo un día oyéndose predicar. All of a sudden the truth of the gospel got a hold of him. Come on somebody. God will do incredible things through the preaching of his word. But we have to preach his word. I said we have to preach his word. Kingsway Church, we don't preach psychology. And we don't preach philosophy. And we sure enough don't preach politics. We preach the word of the living God. Because that is the only thing the Holy Spirit will anoint. La única cosa que el Espíritu Santo va a ungir es la palabra de Dios. Así que no predicamos filosofía o psicología o política. Predicamos la palabra porque el Espíritu Santo unge la palabra de Dios. My, one of my favorite preachers is Charles Spurgeon. Uno de mis predicadores favoritos es el hermano Charles Spurgeon. He was a genius. Uh, él era un genio. And by the age of 15, he was already an academic. Uh, para la de, edad de 15, él era un académico, a, a brilliant man. But he couldn't figure out how to get saved. No podía uh, hallar la salvación. And so he went from church to church to church, hoping... That somebody could tell him how to get saved. Esperando que alguien le dijera cómo ser salvo. Finally, one day he's going through London. He gets caught up in this uh, dense fog and this storm. De repente un domingo se halla en una tormenta. Y uh, el, uh, el sereno muy, muy uh, uh, espeso para no poder ver. So he went into this little place that he saw the light on in. And it was a little church. Entró una... Uh, un lugar donde había luz era una iglesita. And that church, the pastor hadn't arrived because of the storm. El pastor no había llegado por causa de la tormenta. So one of the deacons got up to preach. Uh, uno de los diáconos se subió a predicar. And he wasn't a very good preacher. Uh, no era muy bien predicador and he wasn't very well educated. Tampoco no era muy educado. But he started to preach and he preached on the text that said, that uh, you will, 
That, that if, if I, he said, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Aquel hombre predicó sobre el texto que dice, así como Moisés levantó la serpiente en el, en el, en el desierto, así también el hijo del de hombre será levantado. And the man said this, he said, you know, the people of Israel, they were saved by looking. These, he said, uh, they were saved just by looking at the serpent on the pole. Dijo el predicador, aquellos israelitas fueron salvos por mirar. He said, anybody can look, eh? He dijo, no puede cualquiera mirar. He said, even you, young man, back there looking miserable as you are, even you can look, can't you? He was pointing at Charles Spurgeon. Dijo, hasta usted joven, ahí viéndose miserable como se ve, usted también puede mirar. He said, all you have to do is look. Dijo, todo lo que tienes que hacer es ver. Look to Jesus. Ve a Cristo. And through that broken English, Charles Spurgeon heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the prince of preachers was saved. Come on, somebody. Because the Spirit of God will anoint the preaching of the gospel. El Espíritu de Dios ungió la predicación simple de aquel diácono y fue nacido de nuevo el hombre que ahora llamamos el príncipe de los predicadores. ¿Por qué? Porque alguien predicó la palabra. Somebody preached the word. And you also have a preaching ministry. Usted también tiene un ministerio de predicación. You have a testimony. You know Jesus. And there are people in your life that need to know Jesus. Say amen, somebody. Tell somebody about Jesus. Dígale a alguien de Cristo. We need the anointed preaching of the word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6. 1 capítulo 1, verso 6. The Bible says, For our gospel came not to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance. Dice la palabra del Señor que, uh, que en nuestro evangelio vino a nosotros no por palabras, sino por el poder del Espíritu Santo. First Thessalonians 1 and verse 5 bears witness to the same. We need the Holy Spirit. Say amen, somebody. Number two, in part number three, numero tres. The Holy Spirit works through the praying ministry of the church. Número tres, la iglesia, perdón, el Espíritu Santo opera a través del ministerio de oración de la iglesia. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 23, Before now you have not prayed like this, but from now on, when you pray, pray like this. Pray in my name, and whatever you ask of the Father will be given unto you. Jesús dijo en Juan 16, 23, Hasta ahora no, has, no habéis orado de esta manera, pero desde ahora en adelante, cuando tú ores, vas a orar en, en mi nombre, y todo lo que pidieres al Padre se te dará. We as the church have the ability to pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, la iglesia tiene el poder para orar en el nombre de Jesús. Now here's something else Jesus said. Aquí está algo, otra cosa que Jesús dijo. He said, where two or three gather together in my name, 
I am in their midst. Jesús dijo también, donde dos o tres se congregaren en mi nombre, yo estaré en medio de ellos. <coughs> Listen, something happens when the church comes together. I said, something happens when the church comes together. Algo pasa cuando la iglesia se une. Listen, if three Christians get together to gossip, nothing's going to happen. Si se unen tres cristianos para el chisme, nada va a pasar. But if three Christians get together to agree in prayer, they can touch heaven. Si tres cristianos se unen para tocar el cielo en la oración, pueden tocar el cielo. Say amen, somebody. Listen, you have that power. Usted y yo tenemos ese poder. We have the power to touch heaven. Tenemos el poder para tocar el cielo a través de la oración. That's why we call for the elders of the church. And you, uh, you see on Sunday morning that we call for those who want prayer to come and pray with the elders of the church. Why? Because the Bible has given the church a praying ministry. En, en los domingos llamamos y vienen los hermanos a orar con los ancianos de la iglesia. ¿Por qué? Porque Dios nos ha dado como iglesia un ministerio de oración. And the Bible says that if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. That means that the sick person has access to ministry because they are a part of the body of Christ. El enfermo tiene acceso al ministerio y a los dones del ministerio. ¿Por qué? Porque son parte del cuerpo de Cristo. And when they come into agreement about that, God says, I will heal the sick. Cuando ellos se unen para orar, Dios dice, yo voy a sanar al enfermo. The church has the power to pray. Jesus said like this, this is how powerful the church is. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's your authority. That's your power. Jesús dijo, lo que atares en la tierra será atado en el cielo. Y lo que, uh, esta es la autoridad que Dios le dio a la iglesia. Lo que desatares en la tierra será desatado en el cielo. So when you come together as the body of Christ for the purpose of prayer, you are entering into divine authority. La iglesia tiene autoridad divina. That's why the devil will pay you a thousand dollars to gossip instead of pray. That's why the devil would rather keep you from coming to church. Come on, somebody. Something special happens when the church comes together. Algo especial ocurre cuando la iglesia se une. Cuando vinimos juntos con ese propósito de orar. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians capítulo 6, verso 18. We read about prayer. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? With all prayer and petition, pray at all times. How? In the Spirit. Say, in the Spirit. The church is empowered in prayer by the Spirit of God. La iglesia es empoderada en la oración a través del Espíritu de Dios. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says that we pray in the Holy Ghost. Judas capítulo 1 verso 20 dice que oramos en el Espíritu Santo. 
Now here's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 8.26. Y Romanos 8.26, uno de mis textos favoritos, nos da esta promesa. It gives us this promise. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, please. Verso 27, también dice, And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Usted y yo, cuando oramos, dice el Espíritu Santo, dice la palabra, que el Espíritu Santo ayuda nuestra debilidad porque no sabemos orar. He says that he helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. Do you realize that when you begin to pray in the Spirit, you are praying according to the very will and purpose of God. Cuando usted comienza a orar en el Espíritu, usted está orando conforme la voluntad perfecta de Dios. You can pray with your mind. Usted puede orar con su mente. And your mind only knows so much. Su mente solo sabe ciertas cosas. And your mind only knows how to pray Certain things. Su mente sabe orar ciertas cosas. But the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. Amen, somebody. El Espíritu Santo conoce la voluntad de Dios. And because he knows the will of God, porque él conoce la voluntad de Dios, entonces él ora a través de usted y prays through you according to the will of God. Él ora a través de usted de acuerdo a la voluntad de Dios. Now, what kind of prayer could be more powerful than a prayer prayed in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit in the will of God? ¿Cuál oración será más poderosa que la oración orada en el nombre de Cristo por el poder del Espíritu Santo de acuerdo a la voluntad de Dios? Do you want to have your prayers answered? ¿Cuántos quieren que sus oraciones sean contestadas? Start praying in the Spirit. Comienza a orar en el Espíritu. And the church alone has this ministry. La iglesia solamente tiene este ministerio. The world has rejected prayer. El mundo ha rechazado la oración. Our schools have rejected prayer. Nuestras, nuestras escuelas han rechazado la, la, la oración. But the church cannot forsake prayer. La iglesia no puede Olvidar la oración. Say amen, somebody. If we neglect prayer, we neglect the vital ministry that God gave us. Si somos negligentes con la oración, somos negligentes con uno de los trabajos más importantes que Dios dio a la iglesia. Number four. Número cuatro. Let me see if I can move along here quickly. Number four, we see the ministry of the church through worship. Número cuatro, vemos el ministerio de la iglesia a través de la adoración. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. capítulo 5, verso 18 y 19. Now listen to what Paul says. Escuche lo que dice Pablo. He says, do not get drunk with wine. Say amen, somebody. Dice, no, se, no os embraguéis con vino. Notice the difference. But be filled with the Spirit. 
Ser lleno del Espíritu Santo. Everybody say that. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, just, just wait one minute. Go back to verse 18. Uh, he says, why does he compare wine and the Holy Spirit? ¿Por qué es que compara el vino con el Espíritu Santo? Here's why. Because one of the go-to remedies of the world when they want joy is wine. Cuando el mundo quiere el gozo, uno de sus remedios más para el, el más fácil alcance es el vino. And a lot of people go to wine or to uh, alcohol or liquor to try to get the things that they can only get from God. Muchos buscan en el vino y el alcohol y el licor las cosas que solamente las pueden hallar en Dios. And here's what Paul says. Don't get drunk with wine. That's going to dissipate you. That's going to weaken you. That's going to bring you down. Get drunk in the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. He'll strengthen you. He'll empower you. He'll lift you up and he'll build you up. And you won't be ashamed of yourself in the morning. Say amen, somebody. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ser lleno del Espíritu Santo. Now verse 19. Ahora el verso 19. Here's what filled with the Spirit looks like in the church. Speak to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Now have you ever seen a drunk person sing? ¿Cuántos han visto al, al uh, borracho cantar? Boy, wine will make them sing. El alcohol los hace cantar. But I have somebody that will make you sing and you're still sober. Yo conozco a alguien que te hace cantar y sigue sobrio. Say amen, somebody. He is the Holy Spirit of power. Él es el Espíritu de poder. And the joy which the Spirit gives produces in the church a life-giving worship. El gozo del Espíritu produce en la iglesia una adoración vivificadora. Listen, it's happened to all of us. We all have come into this church house. We've come into the house of prayer. You maybe were, were, were tired. Maybe you were sad or discouraged. Maybe you were, uh, you were disappointed. Maybe you are mad because your kids lost the keys five minutes before you left the house. I don't know how you came to church, but maybe you weren't quite in a church mood and you weren't feeling really churchy at that moment. But you came into the house of God and everybody else was just singing and worshiping and praising God. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God changed your attitude. Come on, somebody. He changed your spirit. Why? Because when you and I are around people who are filled with the spirit, something special happens to the church when we come together. Algo especial ocurre. En la iglesia, cuando la iglesia se une y comienza a cantar. You know, this year, the governor of California, he said to the church, you can't, uh, you, you need to wear a mask and you can't sit too close to one another. And then he took it a step further and he said, you're not even allowed to sing in church. Don't you dare sing in church. Well, guess what? That's a strategy of the devil if I ever heard one. The devil wants to keep the church quiet and he wants to take away her song. But he's not going to take away our song because we are filled with the joy of the Lord. Come on, somebody. There's a whole book in the Old Testament called the Book of Psalms. 
God's people are a singing people. El pueblo de Dios es un pueblo cantador. And we sing, and when we sing, we make melody in our heart. Put up verse 19 again, please. El verso uh, 19 describe esta, este milagro que ocurre en la vida de la iglesia. He says, we speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When we begin to sing, we begin to testify. We begin to testify. We start proclaiming who God is, what God does, what God has done in our life. And every, every so often uh, 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 around here, our songs change because we're moved, we're moving with the Spirit. And the testimony of the church is moving with the Spirit, is changing. Listen, we don't sing the same song over and over again for 20 years. Because we are in the flow of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I said we're in the flow of the Spirit. I expect that my testimony this year has got to be different than last year. Because the Spirit of God is working on the inside of us. And as we sing, we testify to one another. Come on, leave the verse up there for me, please. Uh, uh, we testify to one another through our hymns. We say, it is well with my soul. We say, great is His faithfulness. We say, glory to His name. Come on, somebody. We start to tell about the goodness of God in our life. And then He says, we make melody in our heart to the Lord. There's a, a song that rises out of the church. That rises out of the heart of the spirit of man. Hay un canto que sale desde el corazón del hombre hacia Dios. And sometimes we don't even have lyrics. And the spirit of God is moving and all you can hear is the church singing their own song, their own heart song to God. And when this is taking place in the body of Christ, people without being laid hands on get healed. And hearts without being touched get ministered to. Why? Because the Spirit of God is working through your song. I said the Spirit of God is working through your song. So don't, don't come to church and just stand there. No venga a la iglesia y no más se pare ahí. Venga para cantar. Come and sing unto the Lord. Come make melody to God in your heart. Venga haciendo melodía a Dios en tu corazón. I told, I told uh, Brother Josh when we came back in from the, from the drive-in service, I said, you're going to have to tune us up. Because we've all been singing our own key in our own car. And I think we're doing a little better now. We're getting tuned up. But the church of God becomes a throne for God's presence. Because he inhabits the praise of his people. Dios habita en la adoración de su pueblo. Y cuando comenzamos a adorar a Dios desde nuestro corazón, su presencia llena el lugar. His presence fills the place. And we fill our heart with glory and praise to his name. You know, the book of Psalms, the word psalm 
in the original literally means to pluck. Because the psalms were sung on a harp. The plucking of the strings to release the sound. That's what's taking place when you're not coming to this, into uh, uh, the worship service. And we begin to worship God, our heart is plucked. And that string begins to sing to God. And that melody begins to rise up to God. And that, that anointing of the Spirit which destroys yokes manifests itself just like it did in the Old Testament when Saul was demon-possessed and enraged. And David would come in and began to worship God. And the ministry of David would bring peace to that, to that wicked king's heart. God brings peace to people when the church sings, when the church worships, when the church lifts up adoration to the living God. Come on, let's stand together tonight. Let's just worship the Lord in these few minutes we have left. Vamos a adorar a Dios en estos minutos que quedan esta noche. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands. Lift your voice. Worship the living God. Adore al Dios vivo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, Spirit of the living God, we worship you.